Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, proudly brought to you by our partners at Code Sports. On to talk about Supercoach. We're coming into round uh, round 12, the first round of the buys. And uh, I've got Pistol with me tonight to talk over some really interesting topics, Pistol. Uh, usually this is probably the week of the year that we can kind of de-stress and not have to worry about too much. There's never any trades going on. You know, we're just waiting for the first buy to get out of the way and then move into the next week. But there's carnage! There's carnage, Pistol! Oh, no, I don't have enough players for my premiums to be killing everyone on the field. Stop getting suspended. What's happening? Hey, Pistol, how are you going? That was a great opening. Um, yeah, cold opening. <laughs> Welcome back to the Doc Supercoach podcast. Um, <laughs> I think it's crazy that, one, we spend so much time planning every year for the buyers and then this happens and you're like, oh, well, that happened again. Um, like, when will we learn? Um, but also just the... Carnage, it's not even Thursday and the carnage has happened. Like, it's Monday. Things can, there's time for Mate, it to get worse, Chizo. I've never been so stressed out about a round at 9.30 a.m. on a Monday morning. Like, <laughs> who, who, are the, who are these, like, Twitter detectives that go out of their way to try and get players banned just to screw that? And I, I specifically think it's because of uh, people that are dirty that they're just not very good at Supercoach. They just go trawling through Twitter and try, oh, I've got this little clip of Rory Laird doing a tackle, ban him. I, I just, it, it's killing me, man. It's killing my team. Like, I literally, as you said, had everything planned, and then now I'm not, I don't know, it doesn't matter what I do with my three trades, I can't field 18 now. Unless, like, Constable comes back from the wilderness. <laughs> he might, maybe. I mean, fingers crossed, but yeah, it's, 
I mean, we got to manifest it, Pistol. I mean, we got to manifest a constable return. I mean, I feel like we gotta we gotta get through all the before we, we'll, we'll break into your team specifically, Cheezo. But maybe we should get through the the housekeeping first. Man, there's no one breaking into my team. That, that's for sure. I had a twenty three forty four pistol, which I was reasonably happy with. I'm like, oh, I probably won't lose ranks. I actually fell to eleven sixty eight this week, um, and I was a little bit dejected. I've been looking forward to this cracking the the top one k for a couple of weeks now since I've been on this this bull run. Um, how did you go? Uh, I noticed that I got up over top of you in uh, Div Two uh, uh, AFL Doodles League. Yeah, well, teams were nearly the same, and you had Sicily, and I didn't. So I was like, "Oh well, this is not not a great." Don't start for me. compare um, your team to mine. Yeah, twenty-two seventy-seven. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> no, it was uh, twenty-two seventy-seven from each. So I fell to uh, two thousand two hundred fifty seconds. So not right where I want to be before the buys. The team is slowly degrading yep. into nothing. Um, team value really low because cash is really low. Obviously, hitting the struggles uh, with everybody else, except I don't have Sicily, which makes my week a little bit easier this round um, to navigate. But <laughs> that's about the only positive about not having Sicily at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And look, uh, we should have known that he he could potentially play forward in, in round fourteen uh, of uh, after playing a, a quarter there in the preseason, or get suspended from uh, his his uh, his suspension history from three years ago. We should have known that pistol. We really should have, and been cognizant of it, and informed our trades to not pick him. That's a, a, a very very long callback for any of our our long term listeners. Uh, pistol, I do want to like you, you, your super coach is being kicked around a little bit. I just want to give you this opportunity to tell the world how you're going in DT, that, that, that you play in your spare time. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming third overall in uh, Real Dream. You're coming third! It's, it's funny what happens when you have two teams, you know, Super Coach and Dream Team, and one thing, everything goes wrong, and one thing, everything goes right. Like whenever I'm doing a 50-50 yep. for the beginning part of the season, I would do the other 50-50 in my Dream Team, and I'd do the other one in Super Coach. Yep. And I just kept doing that for the first, I don't know, six, seven rounds. And I'm like, my dream team's really good and I'm just going to be doing similar trades and it's been working so far. So, yeah. Just going to keep going for it. Like, I remember at one stage you were trying to explain how you ended up with Max Holmes in your team. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a – it's not even that funny of a story. I just remember um, – like loopholing and I think my my rookie that was loopholing got like 19 and everyone else was going to have them on field. It was right at the beginning of the season. And I was just like, it's one game left of the round and I can only choose a Geelong player basically. And I was like, I guess I'll get Max Holmes and it worked out really well until it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, congrats, mate, on uh, coming third. You can just come back at least six spots so you don't get to, to say that you've finished higher than eighth. So that would be greatly, greatly appreciated. We've also got the news of the Dr. Supercoach Cup for 2023. Uh, will be a nine-round cup standing, starting in round 16. Um, based on the entries that we had last year, it was looking like it was going to be a 1,024 entrant size, uh, but that would have meant we'd have to start in round 15, which is obviously a buy round and could um, uh, influence a few scores of the good team. So we're going to start uh, in round 16, which means we've only got a 512-spot um, league just like we did last year, or a cup like we did last year. So 
Uh, if we have more entrants, it's going to be the, uh, the people that follow the right instructions and get added into the group, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, that's only yep. a few weeks away as well, Pistols. So you've got enough time to get your super coach kind of sorted. Um, we've got no sign-ups over on Patreon this week. Perhaps that changed now that the, uh, the cup's about to get underway. But Pistol, you've got some Cancer Council donations lastly in the housekeeping. We do. Uh, to Warren, he says, donating for leaving the E off Marshall a couple of weeks ago, costing me 90 points and the victory in the rivalry league. Also trading in steel Oof. for a 62 and benching Angwin 61. Uh, one more, trying to be clever, doing the last min switch from Marshall C to Stu C and forgetting that he's watching the KO Deleo, so missing out on being able to uh, take the, the Stuart C, which uh, all of this bugger. is tragic. Yeah, not, not good. Um, but thank you for the donation. Very much appreciate it. And Whitey has donated, says donating for dumb things. I traded in Sicily this week and I put the VC on him. Congrats, Whitey. That's awesome. So I thought. I should have kept reading. Um, last minute, I decided <laughs> to trade Wilmot for Wardlaw rather than Shinkata for Ford. Okay. Uh, forgot to reset the VC. But wait, there's more. Before realizing this, I put the C on Madden just before the GWS game. So now it's locked in and I have to take Goulden's 93 rather than being able to put it on someone like Bontempelli. So I lost 79 points, but the cancer cancel is $79 better off. So swings and roundabouts. Week ruined and wow. I'm angry at myself. And thank you very much for a very generous donation, Whitey. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, generous donation. Thanks, Whitey. Okay, Pistol, uh, some news off the top here um, in terms of our Supercoach teams. Sicily and Laird have both been given a one-week uh, suspension for their hits during the week. Uh, the Hawks have accepted Sicily's ban, um, and Laird, uh, I, I believe the Crows are challenging Laird's ban, um, which I think he's already been off. He's, he's already gotten off one so far this year, Pistol, if I'm, if I'm not wrong there. So, um, yeah, potentially we get Laird back, but um, but Sicily's also gone. Um, in other injury news, uh, we've got Darcy with a hammy for the medium term. Not that he would be playing this week, uh, but he's going to be out for for quite a few weeks, and he's a definite definite trade as well, Pistol. I mean, yeah, I I think firstly all of this is terrible news. Very very frustrating, yeah. especially that one week is Sicily and Laird. It's not like you can trade them either. So you kind of just have to cop it. Uh, Darcy has a perfect bailout option in Briggs just popping up at like the perfect possible timing, 250K. Yeah, couldn't be better. Oh, I mean, he's going to make before the last... He'll make up over 100K before um, his round 15 buy anyway. But you, you could just, considering you can play him on field, just upgrade him last. You know, Briggs could make a lot of money and he's scoring really... He's, he's scoring almost premium numbers. So just ride the hot, hot wave. Um, at the moment, the hot hand and the wave, both of them mixed up in the same analogy. <laughs> the hot wave. Um, Chizo, just is like it a spa as wave as that pool. for Darcy owners? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. I, I, look, unless you can go up, I think, I think it's as easy as, as uh, getting Briggs this week. Um, you mentioned that he's going to make uh, 100K by his buy. He will. He's going to make 102K. Um, but that's also based off... Um, a projected score of 68, 78, and 82, and he's coming off the back of 109 and 102. Um, look, I, I don't think that, that that premium scoring is going to be um, something that we can be like. It's going to be consistent, if I can put it that way. Yeah. He comes up against Nank for Richmond, uh, Goldie at North, um, and then Jackson uh, for Frio, who's likely going to be taking the mantle there. So there's absolutely uh, upside there. And the thing for Briggs is... It's not like he's in there because of an injury. 
Um, he's in there based on pure form and then wanting to get some a, a clean run of games into him as well. So um, his one that sort of came of left field that I hadn't really been paying attention to and, and, until people had started in, uh, kind of talking about it in the community and in Slack that uh, I, I almost think that he is a better option just because of the cash gen you're going to get from him in a position where, you know, like if you're looking in my team, for example, I'm going to have seven players in the defense line that are going to be available this week and I literally can't get the seventh on field even though I'm that dire. Um, so having a, a, a ruck option might be one of those situations where you actually get an extra player on field as well. Um, so there's multiple upsides for that. But I think that the simplest option for me, if I had Darcy and I like had the cash to 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 get one of the big guys in in the ruck line, I would also have no hesitation doing that either. Do you do you have a preference? Yeah, I would take the cash now, knowing that cash gen is a worry, and then so you would go down. Yeah, yeah, I'd go down so I could just upgrade elsewhere. Maybe get a dead rookie off field. You've got three trades, might be able to you know get forward from another downgrade, and then do it do an upgrade somewhere somewhere else for another premium. And that's probably how I would play the situation. But I mean, there's a lot to talk about with these rookies, Chizo. I mean, firstly, Ford mm. looks really good. Like he he's not playing as a forward pocket. Good role. Yeah. He's, He's yeah. running. He, I mean, he was collecting possessions in the D50 at times, running up the wing that far. So we saw him have, I think it was nine touches at 100% efficiency on the weekend. He was on that 51 at halftime um, and it's put out two good scores now. So I think he's pretty much a lock because his role is amazing and he'll also make over 100K before his buy. So quick cash, good cash, looks like a solid player. You know, I, I can't see a world where everyone's not bringing him in. The one where it gets questionable yeah. now is if you needed two downgrades and then if you're deciding between mm. someone like Briggs and you're deciding between someone like Wardlaw because Wardlaw is 193K and he didn't score well against Collingwood, but his role was decent. I think it was 54% CBAs. So he's getting, a mid, he's getting midfield time and to be fair, I think he played better than his score. He missed a set shot at goal and he also dropped a sitter. That would have been a certain goal. Um, you know, just nerves. I think once he kicks his first goal, he, he'll definitely be a lot more settled. But um, I I don't think he's going to make any money before his buy. So you can't, if you're not going to trade him out at his buy, are you just robbing Peter to pay Paul, getting a number this week just to cop a donut in round 15? Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's why the podcasters themselves never go early on players like this, do they, Pistol? Uh, yeah, I already have Wardlaw. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, three under the bus there, mate. Um, yeah, look, I agree. I think he is going to be a fantastic player, and like you can see why he's gone so high in the draft. He's got all the assets to to potentially make him a, a fantastic mid in the future. Um, but I, if it wasn't for Briggs presenting such a quick cash option, I think I wouldn't have any problem going Wardlaw because, like, at least you're making some cash. And by the time that, like, that cash is extinguished, let's say he makes, like, let's say he makes 80K, like, you're trading someone out that's, like, 270 and you can sort of do something with that as opposed to getting, like, a um, a nothing a nothing yeah. rookie that, you know, let's say, like, a Sturt who's just putting back-to-back 40s every week and is never going to make cash to, to actually do anything with. So... Like without Briggs, I can see Wardlaw like no problem as a as a trade in. I see a lot of people doing that, um, but I just think the the fact that Briggs can give us a hundred k in three weeks and then becomes a really easy 
out option by his buy, it seems like a, a really simple, straightforward decision, like unemotional, just chase whatever's going to make you the most money? From a money perspective, yes. But for most people, if you have Marshall and you have English, you can only get Briggs on this week. And then for all the yeah. other weeks he he's on your bench, he doesn't make your field. Yeah, correct. But Wardlaw yeah. gives you three rounds of scoring, which given how the rounds are going, you might need that score on field for the three weeks. Yeah. So does that change your perspective at all? Um, I wouldn't say a whole lot because next week um, you're not going to need him yeah. anyway. Like the majority, the majority obviously going to have 18 premiums. Don't playing, jinx it. So even if you have... <laughs> We're gonna have eighteen premiums playing universe. I'm actually like I'm looking up, waiting for the uh, the lightning bolt to come down through the roof. Um, so round fourteen becomes the thing that you've got to sit there and and maybe go a few trades ahead of time and and get the the the, the pen and paper out and go old school or get the Excel spreadsheet or just use your mind like Pistol. He doesn't actually use a computer. This is I'm just connecting to his interface through his ear. Um, the that's going to tell you if you're going to have enough players. If you don't need him on field, then you don't need him on field, um, depending how your buy structure is. I'm actually pretty good for round 14, so it's less of a concern for me because um, I've gone so heavy on, on round 12 premiums in the upgrades over the last month. Um, so <laughs> it's going to be team dependent, but I know for you, Pistol, round 15 is going to be difficult and potentially round 14 as well. So is that something that you're taking into consideration? And if you hadn't got Wardlaw, you would be getting him over Briggs? Yeah, I think it's it's. There's a couple of things to weigh up. One, you look at Briggs's two fifty k, which is just more of an initial investment. I definitely don't doubt that he's going to make more money because he is. He's hundred percent making more money. But that yeah. extra sixty k might impact your trades this week. Um, and then I'm yeah. also thinking, well, if I look forward one week, Fife is two forty four k, and I know Briggs is going to make more money than Fife, but Fife yeah. is going to play in round 15 when Briggs is not. So you're going to get three games from Fife on field who who knows how he's going to score, to be honest. But one, he's got that DPP. Two, he's going to be playing. And three, like you could hold him as cover for the rest of the season. And I, I feel like if anyone's going to have spike games, it's going to be Fife, right? And then you can loop him yeah. when, when you want. So you potentially, I guess in the same breath as Wardlaw, you potentially are buying cover for the rest of the season. Um and not trading him out. So I think if you it's it's very much on the cards to just do a singular downgrade to Ford, pass on Briggs, pass on Wardlaw and next week get five and then just go from there because he's going to play in round 15. Yeah. Briggs doesn't and that might cost people a donut or force them into a trade that they may not have. I know he's going to make a lot of cash cheeso, but people's trades are low and if you're you're using one to get him in and you're using one certainly to get him out to bank that cash. That's just a risk yeah. for some people that they won't be able to to finish their team trade-wise, not even cash-wise. And the potential comes in, you know, what if he has a game where he doesn't put up good numbers and doesn't make the cash that we initially wanted? Like the the the, the two trades that you're spending on is basically only result, uh, revolving around the fact that he's going to be one of the last players that you can get 100K out of quickly. I mean... It's not risk-free. I do think that he's going to make the most money still. So if that's your, if you have the trades and you need the money, then I think that's probably the play for you. But I think yep. for most, not most people, but I think it's underrated that you can pass and potentially. I mean, look, Fife 
rolled, I think he was on like 45 at halftime or something like that. Um, he was playing, I think it was 46% CBAs. Darcy went down. Jackson went to the ruck. Five went forward, as you would kind of expect when that, when Darcy goes down. And then five was just really tired. It was his first game, full game, in a long time, and he just couldn't run out the last quarter. Um, and now he's got a week yeah. off, and then he's going to be hopefully playing full-time mid again uh, when he comes back. So I think there's more to see from five. I'm not saying he's going to average 100, but you could be getting 70s out of him. He's got a break even at 29. So yeah. if you get 70s from a guy throughout the buys and you get him in round 15 to save you a donut, that might be worth it over Briggs in the in the long term. Sure. Um, I, I, the, the next one that is probably worth mentioning, Ned Long from the Hawks, 165,700. He had 34 touches, nine tackles, and three goals on the weekend. <laughs> what a game. Obviously, 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 Sicily is coming out. Not necessarily that they're like for like, but um, potentially he could also be someone playing a bubble game, looking to go up and cash as well. Is there, would you consider him over Ward? I mean, obviously, if you're going for cash, you're picking Briggs over Wardlaw, but would you consider Ned Long over Wardlaw? It's a great question. I probably wouldn't just because of the job security. I feel like Wardlaw... Yeah should play every game for North Melbourne. The problem is, like, Greenwood was their number one mid. Phillips looks really good, probably, you know, him and Simkin number two mids for at least the next week. And then LDU is going to come back um, from his hammy. And then what happens, they just have, like, one too many midfielders. Um, I don't know if that just means Sheasel plays out of the mid entirely and plays either forward or, or back, but... It's, Ned Long for Hawks. No, no, I know. I'm just saying North Melbourne's like a week-by-week proposition, so it's really hard for me to compare Wardlaw to Ned Long. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. I was like, where? <laughs> no, I'm I was, I was so lost in, the, I was lost in the maze of Pistol there for I, a second. I'm like, if I have to compare, I'm like, what version of Wardlaw am I comparing? I'm comparing him to like yeah, sure, four sure. weeks' time Wardlaw where I don't know what role in the uncertainty or am I comparing it? And, and yeah, so it's a yeah. hard question because I, I feel like similarly with Hawks, Long could get into the side, but is he going to have the role? Probably not. Probably get Correct. forward. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be just running free using that AFL tank against VFL players. Like, um, <laughs> I mean, not that it's like play it like an adult playing against kids, but uh, <laughs> that's I how mean, you described we're, it. We're, <laughs> we're seeing Constable average 30 touches in the VFL, so clearly there's not much chop in the VFL. No. <laughs> uh, can, can, is there enough talent to have a 19th team? Uh, I guess we'll see. Um, so, uh, by the, the same sort of logic, you'd be passing on the likes of Fleeton. Um, and Constable, if they if they both came back, they're, they're not players on your horizon to try and bring in either. I think the not really the players that are on my horizon. You paused. Will be. <laughs> I, I'm thinking it's the mid season draft is the most important part of this podcast, and we haven't it hasn't happened yet. It happens on Wednesday, so yeah. mid season draft we will see teams' intentions by who they pick. And if they're picking players that they're in desperate need of, like height-wise, position-wise, whatever it is, they might debut immediately. And if that's the case, they're yeah. the guys, the 102K rookies that come into the team. They're the guys that we're going to want to get. So yeah, pretty much most of this podcast, I hate to say it, Chizo, is going to be irrelevant by Wednesday because there could be, Correct, yeah. there could be one amazing rookie option that looks better than all these guys. There could be five amazing rookie options. And we're sitting here like, oh my, you know, oh my days, we've got five options. This is the best thing ever. Like I, it's too hard to predict. So yeah. I 
I wouldn't be tied to any of your ideas on the Monday. It goes for everyone. I wouldn't be tied to any ideas this week until we see what happens in the rookie draft. It's it's literally the most important part of this whole week. Yeah. And look, in a callback, most people would say that the, this podcast is always irrelevant. So um, <laughs> lucky, luckily, we get through to Wednesday before that happens. Uh, the one thing we do know for sure from the pre, uh, sorry, pre-season draft, mid-season draft, is that the Bombers are going to pick up another VFL player from Richmond. That just, it just seems to happen, and they seem to come in and play. So I'm pretty yeah. sure on the weekend or the weekend before, we had more Richmond VFL players from, or, or more mid-season draft players in our starting 22 than we had top 10 draft picks that we've picked <laughs> in the last three years. It's certainly on the cards happen again, but there's there's so many teams, West Coast and Richmond and stuff, where I could see a needs player coming in and playing a role straight away. Like and yeah. these could be guys that... If their names. West Coast must have 10 picks in the draft, surely. <laughs> they might. But it's people that you could potentially, you see them named, you don't want to go early on someone, but you're like, well, they've drafted them for a reason. Like how, yeah. how I wonder, I don't know the stats. I probably should have looked it up before the podcast. How many preseason picks like <laughs> come in for one game and then never play again? I can't be that yeah. high. Surely they come in, they get given a, a go, and then we see what they, and then, anyway, it's it's for a discussion at a later Josh time. Josh is high. Did was he mid season? Nah, <laughs> no, didn't think so. Just so, talking about players well, yeah, that come we'll, in for a couple of games and we never see again. But these ones are drafted for a specific reason. Like they're they're picked yeah. up for a yeah. role. It's rare to do what North did with like what was it Luke Edwards? I think his name was. So they drafted yeah. him for like a long term future rather than just like someone for like I'm immediately need help right now. I mean. We'll see what happens with with Naismith um, if swans mm. go back to that well. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I mean, that kills McAndrew as a, what, yeah, is it Lockheed McAndrew? Yeah. Um, yes. MacArthur? Yep. McAndrew? I can't remember. I have an me. My, no, McAndrew. What's my, it, what are you doing? My to me? computer screen's closed, so I actually can't see anything. Um, I told podcast, you, there is no computer. We're just I'm into blind. your chip right now. No, at some point, like the five minute mark, my screen went black, and then my <laughs> recording screen I can see working. My other screen is black, so I've just been, you know, free balling this whole podcast, uh, basically. <laughs> and yeah, so. I think we see what happens. I don't even know what they would price Naismith at if he if he does make a return. But but players like that could come in and make a, a straightaway impact into our thoughts and super coach teams, depending on you know um, position, DPP, all that sort of sort of jazz. Um, Chizo, because I'm going to keep waffling on about the, the mid season draft and its importance. 
Just a quick question for you. If you owned Ashcroft and you saw his poor score after two amazing scores, when would the yeah. time in your eyes be to get rid of him? Now. And why is that? Because he's nothing more than a piggy bank and he's going to be losing his piggy banks um, from this point <laughs> forward. So at his buy, he's a perfect upgrade. It's also less cash to get him to someone half decent. And what about needing, you know, a... Again, I can't even... I'm trying to like press on my computer and nothing's coming up. I don't know what his break-even is. So uh, I think off the top of my head... His break-even's 109. Okay, 109. Is it not kind of... I think they play Hawks at the MCG um, in round 13, if I recall, and then, then Swans at the, the Gabba at round 14. Um, yeah, what's round 15? Keep going. Jeez. I don't know. It's St. Kilda, right? It's St. Kilda. Nice. Yeah, there we go. I'll look to the Where, where do they play, though? It's that one's at Marvel. I remember. They, well, it's back to back. Okay, um, what's after St. Kilda? Right. I got no idea. Uh, I only looked at uh, the buy. Rich, Richmond at the G. Boo. Oh, then Richmond Gabba and then West Coast Gabba, right? West Coast Eagles. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice. Yeah. I, I was thinking maybe I tr- keep in Dream Team. Maybe I keep Ashcroft all the way to round 17. Um, mm. It's just a question of do you have enough players for round 15 and how much money is Ashcroft going to lose before then? Because you would hate for him to drop, you know, 60K before the round 15 and you just like lose this piggyback, as you called him. Um, I think yeah. it's possible you could try and wait one more week to, knowing you're going to cop a small price drop. He does have Hawthorne, so you hope that it's a, a decent score. And then if he scores badly, just get rid of him immediately so you don't lose you know, a crazy amount of money. And if he scores well yeah. again and resets his break even, you can hold all the way through um, to round 15 and give yeah. yourself an extra number. I think that's a strategy. Don't know if it's the right strategy, but well, I think that's I an think, alternative strategy. I, I think all, all things going well, he's going to be my 19th player next week. So why I'm sort of, why am I holding? Look, he, he's probably going to outscore one of the 18 premiums that I have like there's there's absolutely a chance that happens but why would I hold him and lose 15 or 20k on the off chance I get an 80 instead of a 70 just just purely so that you can then reassess and hold him for around 14 and 15 when people might be desperate yeah I know you're I know you're yeah. in a good spot with your round 12 premiums <laughs> not a, not a, yeah, yeah, but yeah most people I think are going to be Frustrated, yeah, struggles with their round 14 So, So this sounds like it's less of a question on what Ashcroft can bring to your team other than he's a warm body that's going to be playing in the tough times that you may not a have good warm body bodies though. on the field for. Yeah, I mean, absolutely true. And if you need someone like that, then absolutely go for it. But if you're banking on the fact that you won't need him in those weeks, then the the going back to the question, the most opportune time to, to trade him in would be now. I like how at the beginning of the week we get questions like, should I trade Will Day this week? And then by the end of the Monday, it's like <laughs> we can't afford to trade people like Will Day because we don't have nah. enough players to play. So it's not nah. even worth the discussion. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, this is in an ideal world. This is in just a just under the microscope of like this particular player, if you could get rid of him, when would you do it? It really needs to be a 
holistic look at your entire team to see yeah. what you're going to be looking like in round 14 and round 15. And that's going to be your answer. I'm still planning on moving him on this week just because I've planned a few weeks ahead of time. Um, but the majority of people are not going to be in that situation to get rid of him, I don't think. Yeah. No, no. I'm with you. And I've last question from me, Cheese. I'm just throwing them at you off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, Irish Nick Dacos, uh, Mullen, do you see yep. him as an option if people are desperate to go early or would you very cautiously wait for him to be named on his, his third buy, his third game? Uh, I would definitely be waiting for him to be named. Um, I, I've actually, in my Excel planning, I've got him called Cat's Spud 102.4. Um, so he's definitely wow. in, my, in, my, in my plans. It's, it's just because I, I forgot his name when I was doing the Excel. Um, but I actually forgot in Irish the, in the Nick first. Dacos? Yeah, I did. Uh, I've never heard him actually called that until you you said that uh, in the the pre podcast chat. Um, I'm looking at him as a downgrade option in a few weeks' time, but I have such little knowledge and exposure of what he is that going early on him would be way different than going early on, say, a Wardlaw last week, where you kind of you're buying into you sort of know what you're getting, um, but the the. I liked what I saw in the first half. He was a little bit quieter in the second half, but um, I think he has the potential to certainly keep his role in that team. Um, so for for that reason, I'm definitely looking at him. But the, you, you get to be able to pick him up after the round 12 buy, basically. So Sorry, after, after his buy, you'd be looking to pick him up. So um, I don't think there's any need to, to be going early on him considering that that's three weeks away. Yeah, it's hard because... Some people will be desperate, but I think maybe a mid-season draft pick might be better than than that because yeah. Geelong have so many injuries that are returning as well. So yeah. I, job security-wise, can't be that good. I know that he's the Irish Nick Dacos and all, but it's uh, I'm unsure if the abilities match the nickname. Yeah, the nickname. Nice. I see what you did there. Um, in other one gamers that we could be looking at, Lewis Melican, the Pelican, uh, is he someone that you could be potentially looking at for 170k? I mean, job security wise, currently is there, given we don't have yep. a return date for um, McCartan, Paddy, but we have seen exposed form of his scoring potential before, and it's been bad. It's been very bad. So yeah. Let's just temper expectations after that one good game. Uh, he's not someone I'd like to go early on by a long stretch, and we'll see how he scores. If he puts back-to-back 80s, I'm like, oh, well, maybe he can make a quick buck but and play in round 15. Um, but it's very, very possible. Some would say likely that he comes out with a 35 in his next match, and then that's the end of Malik and the Pelican. <laughs> yeah, I think in the role that he's playing and the kind of mature age that you've got to in his kind of stage of the career, um, I think he can probably kind of expect someone like the, the 50s to 60s average quite quite comfortably. Oh, well, not comfortably, but that's sort of like where I think he would fall, in which case you're probably going to make a bit of cash on him and yeah, he's probably going to play. He did, but, yeah. um, but again, it just becomes one of those situations that even if you do pick him up, you're not really going to be able to extract that profit that you make from him until like right, like coming out the end of the buyers, like going in around 16. And so that becomes like, yeah, is he a player that you're just getting in as a downgrade to hold for the rest of the year? So as opposed to someone like a Briggs, potentially that's just like a really instant cash grab 
Um, but I think in terms of the, the one gamers, I think I've been saying it all year and I think we've seen repeatedly like a lot of these one game players not even getting up for their uh, one or two game players not getting to their bubble. So um, like Fleeton's a, a perfect example. Uh, we had, we saw a couple of people go go early on Fleeton the other week and now he's dead in the water as well. So um, I think you've just got to, I'm very, very firm on just waiting for that that bubble to burst before I'm getting on. Yeah, I'm with you there. Cheezer, to throw one more thing at you because that's been the, the vibe of the podcast and I apologize. Um, Darcy Cameron, he's, he's back. He, he, yeah, had, he, he had the ruck, he had the ruck, the, the ruck this week. He did. What was it, 88% of ruck battles or whatever he had? So yeah. Cox was basically yeah. a pure forward. Cameron, I think, what was it, 77 CBAs unless I'm, I don't know. I can't, I can't remember these things off the top that's of my head. That's a lot of CBA. It must have been a lot of goals kicked. 77% CBAs. <laughs> no, he's just seventy-seven. Oh, that CBAs. is a lot of CBAs. Yeah, um, he. <laughs> what is this? Nineteen eighty-four. <laughs> he did have a really strong second half. I I was watching the halftime and I was like, I don't know if I want to get him. He does not look good. And then put out a reasonable. Yeah. I think it was like fifty odd point second half. And then I was like, you know what? You get ruck cover, which is going to be important at some stage if if it isn't now. And he's. I looked it up earlier. So he's what he's four seventy one k Chizo, and he had a break even of like one thirty, maybe it was one twenty. Uh, one twenty nine. There we go. Close one thirty, and he's going to drop a lot of well, not a lot, but a lot. Uh, he's going to drop to a very relevant price for us, you know, four sixty ish, um, back to his starting price, and that timing potentially. I guess if you want to get him this week, you, you could because we've got West Coast, so he might put out a good score, but. I think for most of us, we can afford to wait until after the buy, reassess him, yeah. see, hey, what's 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 cooking, and then we can, you know, if we depending on Sheasel's role or uh, trying to get numbers for that buy, and we have to sideways trade someone. I think he pops up as a, a potential relevant forward option that can also cover your ruck line, which is valuable when people are running very low on trades. Yeah, yeah. I, I I haven't necessarily done this in previous years where you're so desperate to get in a, an F6 that gives you that cover. Um, I, I think, I suppose it, it turns out like what you end up doing with Briggs if you're one of those people as well. Like maybe you just get rid of that, that loophole altogether and have Briggs at your, as your permanent R3. That's also something you consider. Yeah. But um, a, a lot of people have been saying, oh, what about Luke Jackson now that Darcy's gone down? The problem with Luke Jackson is that he's already – 50k or 40k more expensive than um, than Darcy Cameron. Going to be 50k uh, in like maybe two weeks before um, uh, you pick Cameron up off his buy. He's just probably, unfortunately, the timing um, for for Jackson means that like I don't really want to be paying 510k for him coming out of his buy. If that makes sense, I, I think that would be a little bit too expensive as an F6 sort of cover player. So. Cameron's price is the the attractive part. Like if like if Cameron was five hundred fifty k, no one would be talking about him. Like because we're just yeah. so we're so short on cash. Um, the fact that he is cheap, I think, is the the obvious winner for me um, in, in terms of that. But um, like I, it, it just goes to show with like all of us like running low on trades and the premiums going down and people getting banned and all the dead rookies. Like we're going to need this DPP cover more than any other season before, I think, personally. I mean, is there an option to take Briggs at round 15? Um, you know, it goes up, let him appreciate 100K, and then flip him for 100K more for Darcy Cameron. Yeah, that's good. 
I like that. Uh, you came up with it. I'm just re-saying it back to you, but you can have the credit for it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you incepted. I incepted myself. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but maybe that maybe that could be a play, like a, a, a couple of weeks ahead of time, like you're bringing Briggs in now, um, and then he's gonna like he's not gonna top out. Like he's gonna have a little bit more cash to make yeah, after. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he he makes that hundred k. Um, but he's he's ideally not going to be a season long keeper. Like if he puts five games of tons back to back to back, then we've got a, a, an issue because we're going to be like, well, am I going to get rid of a guy that's scoring like yeah. that? Trade um, Marshall, <laughs> trade English, yeah, trade. <laughs> um, then we are going to be faced with a question. Well, like maybe I just put Sheezel at F six and get Sinclair, who's going to be bottom bottoming out, bottoming yeah. out. I don't know how I put three M's <laughs> into that. Um, at like at like 510k at like round 15 as we're looking to upgrade. So um, that's potentially the option that we can look at. But I think the the value – look, I've been pretty vocal about it all year that I don't think Cameron's got much upside like in terms of like 100 plus. Like I see him as like a, a mid-90s ruck. Yeah. And I'm happy to be wrong about that, but I'm also happy to not cop six donuts because English does a string or something in round – 18 and I've literally run out of trades and have no cover. So I, I would rather hold Cameron averaging less than what I'd ideally want yeah, there. That's it. Yeah, to, to cover that to cover that spot. And I think that's that's literally all it boils down to. No, that's spot on. I think that's what I'm now looking at after verbally saying it out loud. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't sound like a bad plan after all. Mm. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a plan that has gone badly for me. Is that I was looking at the the players to trade in, and I was lo- just focused on round twelve, and I went with Steele. I didn't really give any like I looked at Dugowie, I didn't even really think, didn't assess his role that he his run that he had coming up, and then he scores like one hundred and fifty on on the on the weekend, and then I looked in, I'm like, oh, he's got a pretty decent run coming up. I feel like I feel like Pistol told me that, and I just totally ignored it. Yeah, um, we definitely spoke about it, JB and I on the podcast quite a few times. Um, <laughs> Because he, he he was he was pretty much the uh, the exact same price, um, or even cheaper last week than when I went with Steel, maybe thirty k cheaper or something like that. And in hindsight, would have been a much better option. Uh, it would have made my round fourteen much much more dicey. And in which case, I may have been tricked in or not tricked, but like may have been forced to hold Ashcroft. Um, so that's the trade off I got with Steel, the Spuds instead of the Gully. Speaking of. I guess hindsight heroes. We've got we've got yeah. Redmond that's just been dominating, and that's no, Huggies heroes. <laughs> we've we've we got Redmond that's up to like four hundred and seventy eighty odd k, um, and then yeah. you know I guess some people jumped on him, others missed opportunity or maybe didn't want him. Mm-hmm. But now we've got Ridley what four hundred and twenty eight k. Is it yep. is it the same? Like is he as good as Redmond? No, Should no, be, no. you be looking at Ridley? No, from a Bombers perspective, I personally think that Redmond has now gone past Ridley in terms of uh, importance to our back line um, in, in, in terms of our rebounding as well. I think the upside of Ridley is going to be forever capped because Redmond's in that team. Um, head-to-head, like if they were the same price, I'd be picking Redmond um, every day of the week, and I think that is going to be what hampers the upside for Ridley. Like, I, I think he's going to be a good value proposition. He's gone 130 and 122 in his last two games after he came back from that 18 uh, from his concussion. So you're getting him at a good price point, and that's like if if you're shopping in that aisle at Aldi and you can't go to Woolies and get the expensive stuff, then you pick someone that does have the upside. But I certainly 
am not going to sit here and and kind of confirmation bias people into thinking that you're getting a 105 averaging defender for the rest of the year. He's he's good for the price and he's underpriced at, at what he's currently at at 430, um, but he's not as good as as some of the other options that you would be getting. So it's it's what you can do with the difference in the cash that should be dictating whether you're getting him or not. I wouldn't be like if you've got the cash and you can pick someone that's more expensive than Ridley that's a bona fide premium, that, like it's a clear no-brainer for me. All right, you heard it here first. Chizu said Ridley's going to go 104. Um, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Any it. other points, Chizu, or you uh, you want to take up take up the wrap up? Um, Dawson this week. Oh, Dawson. Yeah, that's my the guy I'm trading in. Uh, yes. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot of us that are going to be going um, Ford and Dawson, and then the third one is going to be like a Wardlaw or a Briggs or or, or someone else in that spot. Yeah, look, Dawson, he's just, it's rare to have guys that got 150 upside in Supercoach. And he was three, three 150 pluses this year. He was, yeah. Well, he was smashing it at half time. I was like, uh oh, what was he on, 78? Yeah. I was like, yep. it's another 150. He's not going to drop in price. Um, yeah. He could pull that out on any game. And I think uh, Crow, Crows, we spoke about last week, have a pretty great draw for the next five weeks. I think their only hard game was against Collingwood. So um, it's, well, even it was six games. But yeah, he it's a great draw. It's opened up. Led's now potentially suspended. So the midfield is his. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just think... Eagles in the, in the grand final too. There we go. It's just all... That's a big prediction. Think think West Coast is going to make the eight, let alone make the grand final. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, but he, look, Dawson, Dawson's a fantastic pick. He's got a... Break even that's achievable. He's sub 600k for the first time in a long time, and uh, I think now's the time to swoop in. Yeah, I think it makes it hard. Uh, Crows reference, good there, pistol. Yeah, I like that. Thank you. Um, On purpose as well. Uh, do, do crows swoop? Yeah, sure they do. Um, the The problem would be if like if you don't get him this week because you've got other stuff to do because there's people that are talking about doing a triple downgrade. They're going to do Ford Briggs and and Wardlaw this week. Build that 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 cash that we've had. Yeah. Um, the the thing is, you get two weeks of of Dawson before his buy, whereas next week you're only getting one week before his buy, and it sort of makes it a bit more difficult to stomach bringing in someone for one week right before their buy, and it goes against like the common, the the common way of playing Supercoach through the buys. Um, so even though he's got a high break even at one thirty this week, like there's uh, there's every chance that he's going to make that, and it's not like you're going to get him a whole lot cheaper next week anyway. Um, in, in if you were f- like in your situation, pistol, you've got four hundred k less team value than what I do because you're struggling for that cash gen. Are you foregoing someone like Dawson in a really ideal time to pick him up in order to do a triple downgrade, for example? Nope. Not not saying that you are, <laughs> but what, like what if you were in that situation? What, what would you? <laughs> Which be doing? I am in. Uh, <laughs> I I'm still grabbing Dawson, and I will pick my pot poison for my last two upgrades and yep. try and get cheap players there i'm already the buys are a great time to kind of slow play just build your bank get your rookies and structure right so that you can strike at the end of round 15 when they they finish i mean crips is going to be cheap i know people can't pick him because of the round 15 buy um but if you wait until after the round 15 buy you can pick all these guys and might be really good value that you weren't able to 
you know, upgrade to before the buy because of the buy. So, yeah, if looking at mills, looking at crips, I don't know what Hewitt will get to. It depends how dire my cash situation is. But all these guys are going to be really, really good value. So I'll take the, the Dawson because I if he goes on a string of 150s, he will absolutely destroy my rank in my season. And, I mean, Crips is going to do that to me anyway. But then I'll look at, uh, you know, Crips and Mills and the like um, as my yeah. last last yeah. spots on my field. Sure. Uh, there's one more layer to this that I think it's important to know. With Laird out this week, and well, let's say that he, he, his challenge is unsuccessful. Laird and Sicily out. You've also got players that don't have that have held Oliver. So there's a lot of top teams that have held Oliver. Um, if you've held Oliver, you're going to be so low on premiums that it's going to be difficult to lose, like, difficult to kind of hold rank this week. So you want to be bringing in a premium and a top premium like Dawson with VC and C capabilities is obviously huge. Um, so there's that kind of aspect to it. But you've also got players that um, with Oliver reportedly like in full training, potentially back this week, hasn't been ruled out, but likely next week before his buy. Like that, like just blanket, there's, a, there's every chance he could come back before his yeah. buy. To, if you've traded Oliver... The the way to kind of keep ahead of those that have held him is to make sure you stay one premium ahead because they've permanently got that premium on the bench. So you want to be bringing in someone this week as well because if, if Oliver's back next week and you didn't upgrade, you did a triple downgrade, you are you might as well have held Oliver. Yeah, I guess so. It does make sense in a way, but it's also confusing. <laughs> Yeah, I, in ter- in terms of points, like you you want to be staying that one premium ahead. So bringing another one this week when we're all like being hit so hard with not having premiums is going to be key for trying to stay points ahead of people that are chasing. But why them. don't you just not pick people that get suspended or injured? <sighs> it's, it's yes, easy. that's a very yeah, good point. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> if only I could see the future pistol. Thanks. Thanks for that, mate. Thanks, That's champ. what you get uh, on the Dr. Supercoach podcast. Some some classic <laughs> advice like <laughs> don't pick players who get suspended or injured. Easy. Welcome to Chizo's Champs, Pistol, because you're a champ for that. Um, yeah, that pretty much wraps up uh, the episode this week, Pistol, unless you've got any final thoughts. No, no. That was everything in my brain. Beautiful. Good. Um, thank you for sitting down in this round 12 uh, kind of a little bit more of a relaxed chit-chat as there's less structure and less planning to kind of go ahead this week. Um, a few rookie downgrade options, potentially the likes of Dawson to be upgrading to. Thanks for, for sticking along so far and get ready for the ride of the buys because it's going to be a bumpy one. We'll see you all in the next Doctors of Coach podcast. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.